You're listening to a Countout Podcast. Welcome, guys, to a very special episode of Your Dose of Death podcast with yours truly, Lauren Rosenberg. But before we get into why you're here for episode number 10, I just want to give a big shout, as always, to my great sponsors. First of all, Grateful Deathmatch. Skip and the guys always have something brewing up. As you hit that checkout line, make sure you put in the checkout code DEATH for free shipping across the United States. And, of course, Hit up Billy Ballantyne and the great guys at Crimson Mask as they're giving you the best deathmatch wrestling gear possible. Of course, go to officialcrimsonmask.bigcartel.com for all your deathmatch wrestling needs. And of course, it is episode 10, something I never would have imagined even doing before starring this. And of course, today, I'm joined by someone really special. And um, before we start... I want to say that the saying never meet your heroes has sometimes been a little tainted in these days, but um, I'm really happy to be in the same presence as someone I consider my deathmatch hero, someone who needs very little introduction, a man who has been around the world and back again doing this now recently retired, of course, a guy who has one term of death, who has been in every single deathmatch tournament you could possibly name of off the top of your head. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by the heart of the hustle, the bulldozer himself, Matt Tremont. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm good, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the kind words and for having me on your show, man. Thank, again, thank you for taking the time out of your very, very busy schedule to make this happen. Of course, um, it, it's really an honor to be in the same presence you, of course, you are busy, even in retirement, as they say, making sure everything's tip-top shape, of course, with Harkle Hustle Organization, of course, better known to the world as H2O. I want to get into actually the origin of H2O. What what clicked in your mind that you wanted to go this route, Want to be a trainer, Want to be someone of a guide? It has, it has been a, a process of... Uh... Depending where I was in life at the time uh, will correlate with a lot of things that I'll do. And H2O, it, H2O in the beginning was just something uh, fun that I wanted to do on the side and would sit down with Mr. Daniel Tiberius Havoc and uh, we would, uh, you know, brainstorm and, and, and collaborate on uh, a name and a logo and all that to come. But a, a lot of the a lot of the early stages and, and infancy of the of the of the promotion was just that, just to have fun with my buddies, uh, you know, myself and Danny Havoc and uh, Devin Moore, Drew Blood, Cannonball, uh, you know, just to have an outlet and have a show where there was, you know, no BS or politics and no drama, and we're all together just to have fun and with just speaking with that. Uh, if you're if you're having fun, we we're just saying that you know if you're having fun, the fans are having fun, and everybody's having fun, and that's really what all it was in the beginning, and still is today. Um, we just wanted to go somewhere without any drama and all the, a lot of the, a lot of the negativity that sometimes the wrestling locker room will bring, and we just wanted to do our own thing. And uh, I sat down with Grant and came up with I, I was always a fan of three PW uh, and the hustle promotion in Japan and wanted a non-traditional wrestling name to name the company, you know, typical world championship wrestling or WWF. I didn't want the WWF type name. Uh, so I, I kind of went along with something 3PW and something with the hustle and then something, you know, house of hardcore and stuff like that. Uh, and then we got H2O out of it, the hardcore hustle organization and uh, the original logo grant drew and you know, it was just, yeah, a fun place where uh, just a, a group of friends are getting together uh, and getting a little silly in the ring at times. And then over the over the years, it just expanded 
because it was just for fun uh, in the beginning. And I never, never, ever, ever would have thought that I would be a become a trainer and run a wrestling school and have, you know, 50 some odd students, you know, coming in here in a week's time, probably early at some point in 2000, 2015 or 2016, uh, I was, I was doing the rockstar pro loop uh, every week or at least twice a month, Wednesday shows and their Friday, their Friday super shows. And it became like another uh, home away from home. They presented it to me to do a seminar and I was, I was blown away. Uh, it was just, you know, another way to, you know, generate some money on the trip. Uh, and I took it very seriously. I wanted to, you know, really, really just drop, drop, give perspective and my, and, you know, some knowledge on, on, on my behalf. And it wasn't, it was a, uh, we went three and a half hours and on my first seminar, wasn't about the money. I've never been about the money. Could care less about the money. But I'm like, I took this opportunity to, you know, give my perspective and really and and teach for the first time. Two kids were in that class that were green as grass and just started, and that was Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier. Oh wow! In, in that seminar, and look what they're doing today. And uh, the biggest thing that I spoke about in that seminar that would resonate with Zach. And it would tell me and would and uh, remind me of this at the collective back in October of last year, uh, because he was there. He wanted to watch me and Alex Cologne, and the match is over. I'm I'm beaten, battered, and bloody, sitting in my chair in the locker room, and Zachary Wentz walks up to me, uh, you know, very uh, very emotional, you know, but teary eyed and everything. He's making me emotional and teary eyed as well. And he just brought up uh, how much that seminar and what I said with him and years ago resonated with him and meant so much to him. And all I all I stressed outside of all the moves in the ring and all that, you know, the stuff that people look at and see every day is just be a nice human being and it'll go a long way. Uh, you know, I don't care how talented you are. People know at H2O uh, if you don't if you're not a nice guy or nice woman or, you know, get along with people. I'm not going to book you. I don't care how talented you are or who, how over you are. Um, but something I said, you know, resonated with that kid that day. And uh, I'll never forget that moment, him walking up to me and, you know, sharing that moment with him uh, at the collective back in October. So that's what I, I really looked at training as, you know, and I, I tell my students today, I tell the, the trainers, we were just talking about it not, pretty recently that, it's it's more our our job is more than just training these kids wrestling moves. Uh that's just one part an aspect of the training. You know, I, I, I see I see these kids that are here right now in the in the arena training. Uh I see these kids two, three t- plus times a week. I see them more than anybody. And they are, you know, my wife and I don't have kids and they are our kids. And you know, they I make a real effort. I have a, I wake up every day with an obligation to make sure that they don't have an easy road because they earn everything and work hard for it, but at least their their path and their road in the in the business here, there's no BS or politics or anything or drama, so they can just come here and excel and learn and be in an environment that they're going to thrive in because uh, it really, you know, the family war gets thrown out a lot and you know a lot of the times it's just B-set BS and it's cliché. But here it it really is, um, you know, Austin, Luke, Marcus Mathers, all those guys, they're my kids. I will I will take a bullet for these kids. And, uh, you know, they're able to come here and the, for a lot of them, it, it is their outlet, no matter what they got going on in life. Um, so I just I, I took the training very seriously. And, and as you see, it's what I'm doing today. And it's it's uh, I, I enjoy it very, very much. Yeah, I. I... I love what you said about the whole family concept with H2O. It really does feel like a close-knit unit. Like, as you said, you take a bullet for these kids. It's really incredible just seeing the camaraderie come together. It's it's so unique in wrestling. You don't see that very often anymore. No, not at all. It's uh, Most of the times it's fake because they're trying to, you know, use you or work you to get something out of you. Uh, you know, I, I learned that many moons ago when I got started uh, in this business. Uh, 
you know, it's, 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 who do you know? What, what, you know, what can you get out of the next person? And I just, I stayed away from that. I always did my own thing. The, 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 the work world that is professional wrestling smartened me up uh, for the shoot world and, and real life. And I could, once I can, once I tackled everything in wrestling, everything in the real world uh, is, doesn't come close and it's easy to tackle. So the, the I owe everything and the man I am today uh, because of the wrestling business and the, the, the do's and the don'ts that I saw that people would do, um, you know, so I, 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 I thank the wrestling world for everything. Cause it's, it's uh, it really gave me, especially now at 32, I'm, I'm seeing more clearly and more open-minded and uh, perspective is a big thing. I, uh, I talk about now and uh, I owe a lot of that to the wrestling business. <laughs> Well, yeah, you really do personify wrestling to its core. And yes, you are only 32. Yes, you are retired. But I want to get into last year for you. Really, of course, the world did shut down with COVID, but you did make your final few matches. Of course, the very well-known Separate Ways Tour. But there's one match in particular, actually really two, I want to get to. Of course, first of all, Alice Cologne versus yourself in the main event of Joey Janela's Spring Break. And... um. I'll tell you this personally and to my listeners, this is truly one of my favorite death matches of all time because out of all the matches of the collective, out of everything that was announced, no match meant more to me than that match because it was just two of my favorite people doing what they love for the sake of entertainment. And I'll never forget the promo work you did going into that. You're a man of story, which is very rare in today's wrestling environment. What made you want to be the guy to tell these stellar stories that you told? Man, it's uh that is a that's a big thing. Just just as you alluded to, um, I don't know. To me, the wrestling I grew up on, the wrestling I watched, the wrestling I studied, it was all you know all story. Um, you know, there's time for the work rate matches and to put that work in, and you can and you still put that work in in those story matches. It's just it's a different kind of work rate. And it, I was a, a lot of it. I will attest to watching early Japanese deathmatch wrestling and watching Onita and FMW. When I watched those wrestling matches, they didn't they didn't come off to me as wrestling matches. I thought I was watching a movie, and how they sold and the emotion of everything is what changed the game for me. And I knew, you know, that's what I enjoyed. And I, I we're we're supposed to be in this on top on this canvas painting something to invoke some sort of a reaction and emotion. And, you know, the moves sometimes while, while important, because at the end of the day, if, if you can't go in the ring and can't wrestle, you know, you're not going to be in there doing it. But, uh, you know, that, that, that story makes all the difference. And, you know, that, that was my career. Uh, at, you know, once I got to a certain point where I knew like, okay, this is, this is, this is my bread and butter and this is what I can do uh, to get myself over, get the person I'm working with over. I want to, I want people to be emotionally invested. If I can make you smile, laugh, cry, or get, or just make you trigger something in your brain to make you think about something, uh, you know, I'm doing my job. And I knew once I came to the decision, I was going to retire and I had, you know, two months uh, to do it. I was going to tell the my best stories that I could in those two months. And I told so many different stories uh, in those, in that proximity of those two months, I wrestled as many of my students as I could. I wrestled at the promotions I wanted to wrestle at. I, and I, and I wanted to wrestle the people that I wanted to wrestle and I, uh, certain places at certain times and everything kind of just fell in, in into the next thing. And it, it wasn't a strenuous process. It just happened and it was organic. And everything, I, I would say my work on my way out the door was some of my best. And that's a testament um, to the people I was working with as well. Like, especially the matches I had against my students, they were so good. And none of, and these kids, there's no one here right now training that's more than two years in and the, how good they are. And the matches that I had with Alex and the matches I had with Ricky, you know, are two of my best best stories i've ever told uh as far as work rate my match with alex you know we went in and told a great story and and you know with the moves and the emotion and the selling 
And then, uh, as I like to tell my students as a, a, a good teaching example, if you go back and watch me and Ricky Shane page, I hit one offensive maneuver in that entire match, which was a Samoan drop. I don't count, you know, light tubes exchanges. I hit one move and we, and I won match of the year. And I just, and I tell my students, you know, just to give them that perspective that it's not all about the moves. Um, you know, if you telling a story and selling and, and, and emotion, and when you're in there with somebody that's just as good and knows what they're doing and is on top of their game, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, I know it's, you know, it's a, it's all work at the end of the day, but I, th those IWTV plaques I use as, as teaching lessons and I'm very proud of them because all I wanted to do going out was tell one last great story. And when Ricky Shane page is one of the best heels, if not the best heel in the business, uh, that's who I wanted to dance with one more. And then on top of that, we just, we all had that personal connection with Danny and it just made for great storytelling. Incredible stuff, Matt. And I, I actually want to talk about that Ricky Shane page match. And you took the word, the perfect words right out of my mouth. Really. That was a beautiful story and it did deserve match of the year, which congratulations on that as well for one last match. That's a, that's a hell of a way to go out. And I really wanted your process in putting together that whole program with Ricky. I mean, that when he called you out at one of your shows, and of course you respond back and the, the months, the build, the anticipation was at a fever pitch almost. And of course to have that match in front of your own fans, the fans that grew up with you, the fans that fell in love with the kids and yourself at H2O, what did that all mean to you, especially celebrating Danny Havoc's career that weekend? Ooh, uh, what a, that, that, that weekend uh, for a lot of us uh, was uh, very therapeutic. Um, uh, we just, we needed it. And I guess the, the, the story and perspective outside of the match itself and going into it, you know, that, that weekend, uh, I've st started to divulge a little bit of this and I will hear it with you as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, everything was on the line that weekend and not, not only just paying tribute to Danny, uh, which was the number one goal of the entire thing and just uh, saying goodbye to our friend. And in, in, I was even in death, uh, breathes new life and he, all he ever did was just give back to people and help people out. You know, I would not be where I am if it wasn't for him. And there's many of us in the deathmatch world would not be where we are uh, for what he did. And even in his past and still, I feel like still gives back and helps, uh, you know, going into that weekend, it was, you know, what, six, seven months in, into the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, we were, I was struggling. You know, we were we, we only we're only able to run, you know, a, a show here and a show there. And I was months behind in rent here and bills, you know, as as I said in the a, a promo recently, not a pot to piss in. And I didn't. <laughs> and if that weekend didn't do the business that it did, I probably wouldn't be sitting in my office right now talking to you because we are so <laughs> behind. Wow. And, and I knew there's something I, I, I said uh, a line in my retirement speech, which I think will come to fruition one day. And people can, as people can think about it, because, again, always, always telling stories for now and for maybe for later. Um, I didn't want to retire, but I have to. And I, I want people to, you know, over time, really think about that. Um, I, I went out. You know, again, with some of my best stuff I ever did. Um, but I knew I, while I knew that weekend would be a huge weekend and, and do good business and be able to, you know, get things back on track, um, you know, that the, that weekend needed something else to put it over the top to do even bigger business. And it, and you know, that did what it did. And now I'm sitting here talking to you. We were able to get caught up with the bills and pay the rent and, you know, get to where we are now and, and, and things are rocking and rolling and things are doing good. Um, and again, just even in his passing uh, still helps out and still 
still learning. And, you know, the only thing that's not there is, you know, three o'clock in the morning when I'm up to, you know, give him a ring and a call on the phone. But I've, I feel like he's still there anyway. Or most nights when I'm here, I'll just wander out in the arena and I'll talk to him. And he's because his banner's hanging up right there. And mm-hmm. I'll just I'll go out there and talk to him some nights, uh, as many people do. There's a lot of us that do that here. <laughs> um but going into you know the, the 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 shoot of it all and then into the match itself, uh, you know when I first when I first reached out to Ricky, I booked him for the tournament, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then as time goes, because this was this was not this was not something in my head, and then uh, then it was for many for many reasons I wanted to step away. It, it, I, I honestly didn't, it didn't take me long to think about it, who I was going to, uh, you know, work at, at such and such place. And I knew it was Ricky during the pandemic. I watched me early in the pandemic. I would say March, April, May. I watched me and his match, uh, from TOD in the finals yes. uh, years back. And man, I just, uh, that was a good one. I, I always, I enjoyed that match and it, you know, I'm like, man, I would love to wrestle Ricky again. And and tell an even a better, greater story. And when this all came, you know, for to fruition, and I knew I was on my way out. I said, "Ricky's the guy," and I already. And then I had to re- reach back out to him, and be like, uh, "Hey, uh, I don't want you in the tournament." And he, he's probably thinking, oh, I'm, "I'm getting unbooked now. Why? What I do?" Uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, "Yeah, I don't want you in the tournament because I want you to retire me." And, you know, I know how much that means to him. And now we're now we're telling a new story out of that. And it's, uh, you know, what's this uh, art imitates life or life imitates art. Sometimes. It's, yeah. Uh, I like to blend the shoot and the work a lot. And to and but and but not to be shooty or to get to, you know, come off like that. I just I, I just like to tell de- a little deeper story because I think people are scared to tell stories in general and then, then and really dive into them because the, st- the stuff we're doing right now, uh, I never would have thought we'd be doing, but we're executing it and doing it and people are investing into it and believing in it. And we're just doing pro wrestling and it's, it's, uh, it's very uh, rewarding. And Ricky, uh, that my retirement match, that last match couldn't have went any better the the day the 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 night before leading into the show everyone was here at the building building the scaffold and just helping out that entire weekend changed a lot of people's perspective and lives and that match was perfect i watch i'll watch my entrance from time to time and i you know i'll i'm man enough willing to admit i'll i will i will i'll cry and and, and look at that <laughs> because it just means so much to me and you know it's now been almost six months and it, it feels like it's been 10 years. Uh, it's uh it's a weird feeling. I didn't know how I would feel after, you know, I heard that pinfall for the last time. Um, but it, the night couldn't have went any better. Ricky was on his a game as you know, and uh, it was just, it was a beautiful process and the result uh, was beautiful as well. Um, fantastic, fantastic wording, really. As you said, like, it does seem there are people that are afraid to tell a deeper story, and you, you're not afraid to do that. And you, even in retirement, you're still telling a compelling, incredible story. And, uh, yes, I do agree Ricky really brought his A game because it was really an incredible moment just to witness that match and I do watch that match time and time again, just to remember the fact that this even happened. This was even possible during a COVID pandemic that has really touched everyone here in the country. And you brought out the best to everyone. You really did. That's a crazy thing too. I know like I knew going into that night, I'd probably get some flack for it. (laughs) <laughs> but so many people risk their own health and lives to come out and see a f- fictitious character retire. And that that's crazy to me. And, you know, and, you know, did all the protocols and make sure, you know, 
making sure everybody had masks on and everything. And to my knowledge, no one, no one came out of there, you know, getting sick or anything. Uh, you know, we, we've been on top of that the whole time. And, you know, there's people in and out of this school every day, not my, my myself or my wife, you know, and they haven't called anything. And, you know, I was just, I was very nervous going into that night. The cop, we could have got shut down. The cops came in the beginning of extravaganza. Oh, so wow. We, as soon as the first match went on, the cops came. I don't still to this day, I don't know who called and I don't care. And when, <laughs> and when the cops came, uh, you know, they told us they, they knew wrestling. They know me in the area. They know wrestling has been going on here even mm-hmm. before me for about 10 years in this building now. And, you know, they're like, you know, we, we don't want to shut you down. We uh, honestly, we can't shut you down. Just make sure you're doing everything safe. And uh, they also knew I was retiring. And they're like, uh, I'm like, please don't retire me. I, I got, I'm just trying to retire and get, get out of here. Don't shut me down. Uh, but they, they, they were very cool. And yeah, just, just things like that. We could have got shut down and we didn't. And we, uh, everything happened and everything happens for a reason. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that I think about now because that was the first night that Danny Havoc's face went up into the rafters of the H2O center. It's almost like Danny, grant or whatever you want to call him was looking down on you and just help guiding you through those moments i i feel like now more than ever uh he's doing that more and more and more (laughs) um i want to get into i know the passing of danny havoc really affected a lot of us but i i want you to take the time and share with my listeners any great stories you have with them i know there's probably a ton in the matt tremont memory bank but i I want you to give me a random one and just share away i would go visit him at work when he used to work at the t-shirt shop in blackwood new jersey across the street from the czw dojo time and i i would walk in many times and he would he was a person of very uh peculiar but taste in music. He, he liked a lot of what I would think would be a very obscure. And every, every time I would walk into, uh, in, you know, into that establishment, he would have some sort of Irish or British rap music on, or, uh, and I like rap music. It's my favorite type of music. And it was just, it was, it's just so different. It was just, that would give me a chuckle. I don't know if I can think of anything, one thing in particular, but it was just, so many things you know he would walk in my store all the time and just shake his head and laugh and he would bust my balls and be like you know i never thought you would be like a business owner uh selling action figures and uh you know and then when i moved into the building we moved in and he's like uh yeah i never thought you'd be doing any like <laughs> those bust my balls but at the same time just uh and then tell me you know how how proud he was and stuff because you know he was even though he was only a year older year or two older than me uh you know he was like a big brother because you know from the first day i met him he took me under his wing and looked out for me because if uh if that match against him at carnage cup years ago didn't yes. go well i again i wouldn't probably be sitting here who knows what my path would have been and he's just every, every instance every time we were in each other's uh presence was just uh always one of love laughter uh and laughter <laughs> <laughs> that's really some great stuff thank you for sharing that i know other people have tried to cope with the um, passing, the unfortunate passing of Danny Havoc. I know many fans, wrestlers were influenced by him, but I want to talk about your influence on wrestling as we previously spoke before. Um, of course, you've been mentioned by Cody Rhodes as a recent before AEW Revolution. What did it mean for someone like Cody to be like Matt Tremont as a guy considered doing death matches? I, I was honestly blown away by that. Um, I had no idea it was out there in one of their media calls that they had going into mm-hmm. that pay-per-view. And then uh, a, a, a close, confident uh, friend of mine uh, sends me a link, and uh, I listen and hear, hear the name dropped. And then uh, same friend uh, clips it for me. And I, I was hesitant on sharing it at first because I'm, I'm just – don't ever you know think I got a you know a big head or you know too full of myself, uh, but he's like, nah, just, you know it, it's it's okay to share it, and uh, 
you know, I, and it was just a, sharing. It was just an appreciation and saying, you know, thank you, Cody Rhodes, for even for, for him to do, to think of my name amongst all those other names, especially Terry Funk. Uh, again, very, very, uh, very humbling. Uh, you know, he he didn't have to say my name, so he could have said anybody's, but he said mine. So, you know, it must have, you know, correlated with him somehow, some way. But uh, now I I appreciated it greatly. Um, you know, that was. Uh, yeah, I'm. You know, thank you, Cody. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really. I think it's really a testament to the impact you've made on the wrestling community. Because I mean, I know everyone has their influences. Everyone looks up to somebody in a way, right? As I say, and with you, with Cody, someone who is still in the prime of his wrestling career, to mention you, it's like he understands. He understands your impacts more than I think most, honestly. It's it's it really it's really crazy to think, and now more than ever because I have a lot of time. When I do have the time on my hands, so I'm just thinking deep and reflecting, and I'm like, when I hear, when I'm meeting young guys that are in the business now that are like 24 years old and been in a couple of years, saying they grew up watching myself, it's surreal, and it doesn't seem. And I'm like, this is that's not real, because uh, I'm. I'm like the old, I'm my last couple of years in the, in the, you know, as an in-ring competitor, I was like the old guy in the locker room, but I'm like, I'm 30 years old, but I'm the old, I'm the old man. And like, they're coming up to me, you know, bringing me a seat to sit down and just, and, and being, you know, just respectful and saying how I influenced them in some way, shape or form. And that's an incredible feeling. And I think that's, I guess at the end of the day, we, that's why we do what we do to influence and inspire somebody else to do their do what they're doing and you know it's a again very humbling yeah i agree it's very is hum is very humbling um one thing i want to bring up with you was really the fact i mean you've been doing you have done this for a very long time yes the carnage cup to term of death to going to japan to i mean all these rivalries with the Nick Gages, the Danny Havocs, the Alex Colognes. Um, really, I, I want to ask you this is like, what would rookie Matt Tremont tell himself <laughs> now? Like, if he had to look, if you had to look in the mirror, like look back in the past and be like, what would you tell yourself before going on this incredible journey you went on? Don't worry about what anybody. Uh, says about you or, or you thinks about you or uh whether good or bad and i'm like because uh, i mean i used to have crippling anxiety when i was younger mm-hmm. uh to the point that it would stop me from you know taking bookings and stuff because i was scared to travel and all this stuff and uh again wrestling game built up that confidence and in, in life uh in wrestling and and would help in, in real life um to tackle anything but yeah. Uh, yeah, it would, it would just to be take a deep breath, not worry about what everybody thinks or says, even if they're, you're probably making up just assumptions in your own head because uh, you're just driving. Your, I was driving myself nuts. Uh, you know, yeah, I would. I think that would be the biggest thing. Take a deep breath and just go with the flow. I think that's really some great stuff because, I mean, I, yeah, everyone gets nervous. Everyone gets in their own head, but sometimes you just got to take that deep breath and go with the flow. I th- really some seldom choice of words. And I, I, I just find it incredible. I mean, the, the, the plethora of death matches you've had in your, how many years would, has it been wrestling now or had? We are, I would say in total training all that, maybe 15 years in uh, this good old sport. <laughs> 15 years in the 15 years you did train, you did start doing death matches. Um, who were guys you really considered like this is a guy I, I, I all I've I uh, have a connection with, other than of course the, the Danny Havocs and Ricky Shane Pages, yeah. but who were guys that like you wrestled with that you didn't know much about? But all of a sudden, you work with them, and they're you're like, I'm in on this kid. Uh it's a great question. I remember the first time I worked Murdoch, I believe was in 2014, and he, I think he, I, I first, I first met Murdoch when he was still Damian Payne, 
<laughs> and would then work with Murdoch again, I think a year later at IWA Mid-South. And uh, we did a Texas bull rope match, barbed wire ropes, Texas bull rope match. Mm. And right from the bat, when you never meet somebody or never work with them and then go in the ring and, and have great chemistry and, and tell a great story, uh, that, that really goes miles. And, uh, you know, something I will remember. And the, the, the overall matches I always have with Murdoch, we never called much. It was all in the ring. And that was just vibing off each other, work, work each other's body language, walking and talking. And I loved working with Murdoch. Uh, you know, even the last match we had, See you out there, Oof. brother. <laughs> that chair was riot. It was fun. Uh, you know, all on the fly. You ain't calling none of this. We're just having fun and, you know, and working. And uh, I had a blast working with Murdoch. There's some of, some of my favorite matches. So uh, I knew I knew early on working with him, he was good. Uh, I'm glad he's getting his shine now. Um, and so many. I, th- I think Reed Bentley's one that still doesn't get enough love. Uh, Reed Bentley's really good. Uh, I've, you know, I've had a, not as many matches with Bentley as I have with Murdoch, uh, but tremendous, tremendous worker. Those, yeah, those are two that come to mind. I think now, now more than ever, after I've been retired, uh, the, the change it up a little, man, like I want to, there's so many guys I want to work with now. I wish they were <laughs> around. Like I want to wrestle Nolan Edward really bad. Uh, I think we'd have a tremendous match. And like my, my mind's been spinning since I've been retired. I feel like I got all these new cool moves I could do now and all the, <laughs> all these other things. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, my creative juices are flown better than ever. Uh, but yeah, so, so many, so many kids coming up the pike I want to work with. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really, really, uh, really psyched to have Nolan uh, debut for H2O this weekend against, you know, one of my top kids in Austin Luke. So yeah, that's going to be something else. I'm excited. <laughs> um, yeah, like there really is a great depth of youth, and I want I want to now bring it to your own kids because something that I've found so interesting about H2O and the way you do things is you're not just teaching them or training them in like one aspect of wrestling. It's a multifaceted platform for these kids to really learn themselves about the craft. What what made you want to really own in on being like this multifaceted teacher that's tr- not just training them in like gimmicks or training them in to do this or that, like just be good wrestlers. What what was your reasoning behind that? I've I've been since day one. Your foundation and your core is 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 so important. I don't uh I don't do a lot of fancy. I didn't do a lot of fancy stuff in the ring, but just, I didn't need to. And but. You know, all these kids I, I knew coming out of this school, at the end of the day, people are going to look at Matt Tremont is a deathmatch guy. He don't know how to wrestle. And that's, you know, the furthest thing from the truth. But people are very dismissive. Uh, and they can be. It's all good. It don't bother me none. Uh, just makes it even more satisfying when these kids go out there and kill it. Uh, they're, you know, yeah, the deathmatch guy, the, the hardcore guys teaching these kids how to work. Um, and it's not just me. It's, it's Mike Quest, uh, Vinnie's James, uh, Mike Keener. We, you know, we're all you know here teaching these kids different perspectives and different uh, knowledges from from vast arrays of people and experiences. And I knew that all these kids have excelled. I've never put expectations on them, but they've all hit a home run out of the park every time. And it got to the point especially during the early pandemic when we weren't running shows, but the couple like empty arena things we did, the only town around was the kids and they Mm -hmm. were all very green. But in that time started to, you're only going to work and get better working people that are better than you. And they all, they just got, they, they all did the right things and they all listened, be a sponge and absorb and learn everything that you can, good and bad. uh, And, and just listen, ask the vets questions uh, and, and work hard. They know if they show up and work hard, I will give them the world. And they have taken the world by and bull by the horns and they've hit a home run out of the park every damn time. Uh, the things that they have done, the people that ha- they have worked in, in a less than less than or a little more than two years is crazy. Um, and people probably have looked at me crazy, given these <laughs> and putting these kids in these positions 
but they're they're they're, they're ready and I wouldn't put them in these positions if they weren't. Heir to the Throne in February was huge for them. That was a huge show, and the spotlight was on them. There was, aside from the couple non-tournament matches, there was no veteran in that tournament. And these kids are in there doing hardcore wrestling no more than two years in, and they all kept each other safe. They all had a good foundation and structure and put together good matches that implemented the violence. It, it wasn't, I don't look at that show as a hardcore, you know, show. It was just a good, it was a good wrestling tournament with some violence. Those kids, those kids killed it. Obviously, as, as their little intricacies and little details that they could work on, of course. And a lot of times I won't even tell them what there is because I'd rather them learn it on their own. <laughs> and they hit, you know, for what they did again, for, and for the experience level that they're in, they fuck. They did it uh, exceptionally well, and I, I was extremely proud of them. And that was a huge test as we go into this, you know, four four zero war, and the main event is not is not Ricky Shane Page versus a veteran on the roster. No, it's it's one of the kids, and Marcus Mathers who just turned eighteen, and wow. and, and Austin Luke, and you know, uh, Dylan McKay, Rocket Reed. Chris, just all of them. All these kids are well beyond their years, and the these I guess the knowledge instilled to them since day one is, you know, the day that they walked in these doors, and and they know I get very repetitive and I say the same crap every week, but it's for it's with purpose. Nothing that I say that comes out of my mouth does not have any purpose or perspective behind it, so they can learn and better themselves in and out of the ring, and. Look what they've and look what they've been able to accomplish. You know, the the opening match on the card against three veterans was three of the kids. You know, Sean Henderson is my first student, and people know that story. Yep. And he, he's such a good kid. And you know, he's in his early twenties now, and he's he's almost five years in. I can't even believe it. He's almost like a, a little five year vet. <laughs> uh, and he was wrestling Atticus, and you know. And they told a great story that that's built into more story and they knocked it out of the park. And if you look at the company right now and the product, you know, is, is a, a lot of the attention is on the kids and it's they're They are getting the biggest rub in the world uh, these last few months. And it's only going to continue to build, help build their name. And while they're building their name, they're helping H2O grow. And, you know, are the are the vets here have been taking a back seat lately? Yes, I mean, and that's being unselfish in the selfish business, uh, trying to give back to the business and help these kids out. Because if these kids are over, it's only going to make them them the veterans over, and then making everybody's job easier. And is whatever we've been doing as of late, and because with the company being almost five years old. The the last few months have been such a, a roller coaster ride, and I I tell them every week, uh, I'll I'll tell tonight when I when I go back out there before the end of class, and I will tell them, just get lost in what you're doing, and and take in everything that's going on right now because it's happening, and it's 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 crazy to see, but and after you've been building something for five years, uh, and now, you know. It's the only reason I, besides, you know, the wife, give the wife a kiss in the morning. Uh, it is the only reason I get up right now. It's my motive. It's on my only motivation in life is this company and these kids and the, and the veterans that have been here since 2016 is to do something with this. I don't, I don't want to be just the mom and pop corner store anymore. I want to, I want to tell our stories and I want to, I want the world to see them. So I will, I have, I feel like I have not slept since Halloween and, went, <laughs> and I retired and I, I'll sleep when I'm dead and I'm doing everything that I can to be the, put out our best content, but be creative. And I can't do any of this without the team. And that's the kids. That's the veterans, the staff, uh, everybody's just working together and, and, and the, the big picture of it all. And I think why we're doing what we're doing because we're having fun. Very great words from you, Matt. I think, and I want to go back to Air the Throne, my personal favorite H2O show of the year. And I think a match where you encapsulated perfectly what you're saying was the knock your 
effing face off or the match with Austin Luke, Marcus Mathers, and Dylan McKay. Yeah. That was truly like the essential H2O match. Whenever I am showing a friend or somebody H2O, I'm like, this is the match that I look back on because these kids are going out there with hundreds of thumbtacks on their <laughs> kick pads. And they're like going there 110% on these kicks and they're making it look seamless. And they're not even like five year vets and they're making this look too damn good. They all those, those first round matches were so good. I told them, I'm like, and again, two years in, and I'm like, those are some of the best hardcore matches or, you know, wrestling matches with some violence I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> the, my one of my favorite finishes I've ever in, I've ever seen was the ending of uh, Anthrax Bradley and Stretch. Oh they, yeah, they hit, he Anthrax hit the belly to belly suplex with Stretch in the trash can for the finish, and that that's a finish. You're going home, and I I loved it. Uh, and then yeah, the 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 three way you're gonna get your goddamn head kicked in match. <laughs> uh, you know that is. That match was a, a process. They've been talking about that for so long and building up to that and seeing them here and work, work things out. And, you know, they uh, they did innovative stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> and they beat the hell out of each other. And they're friends. <laughs> and, uh, again, like, there was other veterans here, and they probably – and they got critiques that night. And And good, you know, little things to work on. You know, it, the one thing they didn't do, they didn't go for a cover. You know, little things like that, mm-hmm. which they'll learn over time. And, but overall, that match was fucking insane. <laughs> it, it was. I, and it it truly really was. Um, I, I want to kind of go to my personal favorite of your kids is Marcus Mathers, a guy who you have given him the world in opportunity. And, as we've mentioned before about fantastic storytelling, you have there has been not a better storytelling character wrestler than Marcus Mathers, considering you you were the first independent promotion to bring back G Raver from his sabbatical with the injury. Mm-hmm. You gave Marcus Mathers that opportunity in a match that many people were more excited for G Raver, but Marcus gained his respect. Flash forward <laughs> to Air Thy Throne. You have Raver and Mathers as a pair, and the two of them have just they, – they have woven into each other's storylines better than I think most wrestling I've ever seen, honestly. That um, – again, look, when, when, you, when you do tell stories, even if you're not – even when you weren't trying to blend something into the next thing, they all the continuity is there, and they just they like you said they weave through in in and out uh, kind of perfectly. And while you weren't even intending to do, <laughs> sometimes when you're booking long term or short term, and uh, man, a, lo- a lot of that's a testament to G Raver. He's been so helpful, and uh, and and the time and effort that he has put into the company, but uh, behind the scenes, you know, sitting with myself wee hours in the morning, being creative and booking stuff. And uh, him and Marcus, yeah, they were they they fit like a glove, perfect pairing, <laughs> and that they're going to have that you know forever now. And who knows, you know, we're, they're going to continue to to weave in and out of 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 you know the story probably for for many years to come. I hope. And yeah, again, testament to G. Raver, a testament to Marcus Malley. He's just he's a good kid. Um, you know, we, he just, so he, he just turned 18 two nights ago and I had a birthday cake with him in the office, uh, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm spending the birthdays with, together with these kids and, you know, and I've known him longer than anyone here. Cause I've, his, his father, Mark Angel, I've known for 10 plus years. His father's Mark Angel. Yes. I did not know that actually. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I've known, and, and my wife's known him even longer cause she used to babysit him. So I've, I've known oh Marcus since he's like eight years old. Wow. So there's, there's a deep connection with a lot of these students here. That's why I'm like, at the end of the day, they're not just my, they're not just my students and they're, 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 they truly are, you know, family. And like, like I said, I'd take a bullet for these kids. I worry about these kids when they go on the road for the first time, something happens to these kids, I'll kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it's a testament to G. Raver, of course, who is someone who has since coming back from a real life-threatening injury has been on an absolute tear, not just in H2O, but GCW, wherever you want to put him. Um, And you actually got to share a special moment with him and Jimmy Lloyd calling the no barbed wire death match at GCW to take care with MLJ, of course. How was that commentary experience? Man, I I was so excited to do that when, uh, you know, they asked me to come and commentate. I don't I don't leave the house too too much, so I'm like oh, I get I get to get out of the house and go go back home to Atlantic City. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. Um, you know, uh, Sean Henderson and and Dylan McKay picked me up and and we went there, and uh, I I took that uh, commentary role very seriously. I was going into that call. You know, commentate commentary is such a a key component and an important aspect of what we're trying to do as far in, in our product anywhere. Uh, bad commentary is bad, but good commentary is, is good. And you're there to enhance the story that they're telling in the ring. Um, you know, Emil J is a great commentator and I, I enjoyed doing commentary with Emil and to, to, to be asked by your peers to uh, do that means a lot. So I was going in there with my a game. I had notes the night before I was calling <laughs> G Raver looking for the history of the match. Uh, you know, I, I, I was not messing around. And I just went in there to have fun and call my buddy and call my friends match. And, uh, you know, it got received very well. And I, and I greatly appreciate that and uh, definitely hope to do some more commentary in the future. And I just got lucky to call probably. And I, I said it during the commentary. Uh, when you think of Funk and Sabu you and Lobo and Zandig, you, you know, now you think of Jimmy Lloyd G Raver because that no rope barbed wire was that damn good. It truly was an incredible match. And I, I agree, one of the best Nora Barbwire matches I've seen. Of course, um, I do, did see your match with Mouse in the Barbwire craziness that was, which was another great match in the pantheon of your career looking back. So I do also want to talk about something that is known, of course, um, as we're recording this. Kenny Johnson, of course, has been working with you on a documentary. Yes. And um, I, wa- I want you to give like a little insight of what, what you want to accomplish when people see the clips. Of course, we saw the 12-minute clip, but of course, the documentary will be coming out later this year. Well, what, what are your goals with that documentary coming out later this year? The, uh, that 12-minute one that went out, I, I was privy to it bef- uh, a, a day or so before it dropped, and I got to watch it and watch it with another uh, – very popular deathmatch performer and when we watched it uh i was blown away and I, i've i've always been blown away by kenny's work and what you know I, I watched all the evolved docs before and and everything that he's done so always been a fan of the time and effort that he puts into that uh shows in his work and when he reached out to do something with me uh i was like a kid in a candy store uh cuz I, I i've been a part of many documentaries over the years i've I've done them myself um and to be able to do one with him i know that my you know whatever my story is and however people perceive it and take it uh will be done to the best uh that it's ever been done uh in the hands of uh mr kenny johnson and i'm uh i'm i'm looking forward to watching it i can't wait till he drops it and it 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 he's it's turned into a life of its own, which then spawned you know the twelve minute video he put out yesterday. Uh, so it's man, he's he's so good at what he does, and to have him, he came to the building, the H two O building, a few months ago, and we sat down and we talked for a very long time, and it flew by, and it was it felt like it didn't even happen, like a lot of things anymore, <laughs> but. Uh, it was awesome, and I can't I can't wait to watch his, uh, what he put together. And yeah, I'm just excited. Yeah, it, it really looks fantastic for 12 minutes. And I was like, I'm glad I've seen the Kenny Johnson docs, the evolved. But I, but as a deathmatch fan, as someone who loves deathmatch, I was so happy that he was doing something with you. But also like seeing the beautiful, gorgeous clips he's taken, and of course, um, just the insight he's given to deathmatch, which is can only do wonders 
for especially you, for your students, for everyone who is a part of that project. So I want to kind of wrap this up. I know you're a man of busy schedules. So of course, again, thank you for joining me on this very special 10th episode. You're the episode number 10 in your dose of death podcast history. Um, I, I really want you to be get, put yourself in the promoter's shoes again for me and promote H2O like to someone who's never seen H2O or to someone who is curious about, and they're looking through IWTV, like what do you want them to get out of watching an H2O show? I would say, you know, the, if people could really see the, the creative, the creativity and the process that goes on here during the week, uh, is really is is the most is the coolest thing I've been a part of, uh, you know I'm I'm here every day now the wee hours in the morning, and when you got veterans and the students and the t and the trainers, everyone is just a, in a positive creative environment, and it's it's really all you know all is inspiring and it's translating, and if. If you haven't watched H2O or haven't given us the chance in the, you know, now almost five years that we've been in business, uh, give us, give us one chance, especially now more than ever, because the attention to detail and the time and effort being put into it um, is, is for purpose and reason. And that is to get you to emotionally invest in, into what we're doing and, I, you know, I, I say this with no ego. I say this with, uh, you know, and just, just, just my heart and the passion behind the product and all what we're doing, the stories that we're going to, that we're telling right now and that we're going to tell, you know, I don't think anyone else can because of the, just the, how close we are here together and the time and effort that everyone is putting in. And it will be some of, it will probably be the, the, the greatest stories I've ever told that I now get to write down on paper and live vicariously through them to tell since I'm not telling them anymore, but I'm, 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 I'm in, I am in certain ways, but it is, uh, it's very, it's very rewarding uh, to see, to inspire somebody that doesn't have the confidence to go out there and, and become who they want to become. And then giving them that inspiration and motivation and then hit the nail, hit the ball out of the park again. And then, you know, the, the bad luck show last weekend was crazy. Yes. And fantastic show, by the way. Congratulations on another fantastic show. Thank you. And, ah, oh, man, it's just everything just went right. And it's been, and it's just, it's, it's crazy how things just fall into place as I run, as I will run around with a chicken with my head cut off sometimes <laughs> just because I wanted to go perfect because we've all put so much into it and everything just happened. And we, when it happens organically, it's, it's the best thing in the world. And uh, th that crowd, the way the show was shot, the way everything looked, it, it was just, we are, we are firing on all cylinders. And I just, and if you haven't jumped the board, the bandwagon, uh, please hop on now. Cause we'll, we will latch on and hold on to anybody that wants to hang on and stay on and we will we will give you our interpretation of what of what i think pro wrestling should be and that is uh you know story and fantastic stuff thank you for that tremont and of course i know um i want you to like give us kind of like a little schedule of what's coming up with h2o as we wrap this up i want you to promote and also the time is yours on where people can find you, how people can help with H2O, yourself, or anything that you have going on. The floor is yours, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we, we went from just a couple months ago not knowing when we were running next to we're running this Sunday. <laughs> we're, we're doing two shows this Sunday, um, March 28th, uh, both uh, well, first at 4 o'clock, live on IWTV is uh, – the Tara Calway benefit show. She's the queen of H2O and recently suffered an injury. So we're going to do all we can to uh, make some money and, and give all those proceeds to her and help her and Mr. Cannonball out. Uh, and then uh, at eight o'clock this, this Sunday, we will uh, 
tape subterranean violence volume number nine that will air friday night april 9th at 6 p.m a part of the showcase of the independence on iwtv and uh that will be a little different presentation from h2o not you won't see the 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 story uh mm-hmm. the story stuff you're gonna see all right let's put out a all-star card of our best and let's go out there and just you know, and knock them out of the knock them out of the, their chairs uh, with the in-ring presentation and just have some bang and killer matches. Uh, so it's a little, a little different from the norm uh, of what we've been doing as of late, but what I think that'll, that'll bring a different little flavor to it. Um, and then uh, WrestleMania weekend, April 10th, uh, we're not live. So if the only one you, the only way you want to see pay your dues for that's headlined by homicide versus Declan Grant. Yes. Uh, and a, uh, triple threat ladder match that will be announced probably tomorrow. So you get a little, little teaser right there. Uh, April 10th here at the building at H2O 15 bucks. You're going to be able to see a hell of a show. And wow. uh, that will later be a uh, premiere on IWTV a little later. And then the following week um, we're back to doing what we're doing and building and telling stories. Uh, each show I feel like is going to be our biggest show now and April 17th now is the next biggest show. Uh, G Raver, Ricky Shane Page, first time ever, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it really uh, is. And with just the, with everything else going on that uh, G Raver and uh, Ricky Shane Page, Mickey Knuckles returns with Ch- against Chondo, uh, Chuck Payne and Casanova Valentine for the yeah, title. Yeah, wow. Who knows the, the card is stacked and I'm not, I'm not even done booking the damn thing. Um, <laughs> You know, everything we're working towards is is going into April 17th. So if you if you can't join us live in the building, please watch us live on IWTV. And then after that, all roads lead the Hardcore Kingdom in May on May 22nd. And that's going to be special. Yes, yeah, a big shout out to um, both Declan Grant and um, Kennedy Copeland will be a part of Hardcore Kingdom. So, of course, two fantastic young wrestlers, part of that. And really a, a lot of great stuff. I know this will be coming out. Tuesday, so the Tara Calloway benefit will hopefully be up in time on demand on IWTV for the world to see a fantastic Sean Henderson produced show. Um, again, Matt, thank you for joining me on this episode, the tenth episode of Your Dose of Death. Again, thank you. Is there any um, last words you want to have here before we're done? Man, um, man, I just as always a, a continued a a forever long thank you for the continued support of the wrestling community for myself and anyone else in h2o and everything here and the the kids appreciate it and they are they are living their dreams right now because of your support uh and uh, and that means a lot to me so just a a thank you thank you thank you and a, a thank you to you for having me on on the platform to be able to continue to talk even though i'm retired which still blows my mind <laughs> <laughs> well again matt trima thank you for your time and i hope um well i hope our paths will cross hopefully soon once things get better so for now Everyone, thank you for listening to this special, very special 10th episode with Matt Tremont, Lauren Rosenberg, signing out. Well, that does it for another fantastic episode of Your Dose of Death podcast. Thank you again each and every single week for listening to this podcast. Without you guys, this podcast would not succeed. You, Without the fans, there is no dose of death. And you guys make it happen each and every single week. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. That being said, if you guys want the latest and breaking news for your Dose of Death podcast, please hit me up on Twitter at LaurenYDOD. That's correct. At LaurenYDOD on Twitter will be the only way you get news on your Dose of Death podcast, so don't miss that out. And, of course, I want you guys to subscribe to my show on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, please, please, please subscribe. I want the listener ratings to keep going up each and every week. I want more ears on this podcast. So please make sure you do that. And I also want to really, really promote hard that I need them five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's right. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts make this even bigger and better each and every single week. So please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'll make sure to get to those when I can. 
And that all being said, drum roll. I don't know if you can hear the drum roll, but anyways, I have merch. That is right. Merch is here. Thanks to the fantastic people at What A Maneuver, I have merch, I have shirts, I have baby gear, I have pullover hoodies, unisex shirts, whatever you can possibly think of merchandise-wise, I have on my What A Maneuver store. So go to whatamaneuver.com, make sure to look up Your Dose of Death podcast, and I will, and you will see the fantastic design I have on there. Th big credit to John McNulty for that design. He is a fantastic artist and a fantastic friend of the show, making sure you guys are dripping in that awesome Your Dose of Death threads. So again, hit up What a Maneuver and look up Your Dose of Death podcast, and you will have a plethora of options to choose from. And of course, the shirts are going to be in black and royal blue. So make sure to hit them up for the for my merch store. And that all being said, I just want you guys to know that in a few weeks, I'm going to be doing something very special with the guys at Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. So be on the lookout with Time Bomb Pro Wrestling for what they have in store for your dose of death. Maybe I have one. Maybe I have two guests. Who knows? But keep it here at Your Dose of Death Podcast, and you will find out. Thank you guys for listening. And have a good rest of your day. This has been a Count Out Podcast.